Welcome back, everybody. Rate, subscribe, email us, share with all of your friends and loved ones. Thank you for coming back to the Cannabis Cutness Year, where we have another awesome, awesome episode for you guys today. Um, I want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Typically, uh, you guys hear Jack kind of jumping the show off right away. He is not going to be joining us today, sadly. However, uh, we have a familiar face with us today, and Isla is going to be joining us. Um, she is part of our team as well. Isla, how is it going today? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, for the show, and uh, yeah, glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We have a really cool show today. Uh, we do have one more announcement to make, and that is, you know, recently, you know, we kind of go back and forth on our shows and what we talk about with cannabis. Um, I would say recently we've gotten into a lot of sciencey stuff, um, and and we walked away of some of the activist stuff that we were doing last year. Well, we wanted to jump back into that because that is stuff that is uh, topics that are very very important for us to to cover. Um, if, if people can't access cannabis, you can't access any of the health benefits as well that we talk about on here, right? So it's really important that we bring these topics to light and we go over these things. And so by doing that, we want to make sure that we're bringing on people that have that expertise and have that background. And so today, uh, like we were mentioning, we have a very special guest for you, all of you, uh, all you listeners out there. It's Dr. Dessa Magoo. Uh, she was born uh, in Jamaica. She migrated to the United States in the 1970s uh, with her family, where she began her journey in cultural activism. In New York City in the 80s is where she found herself very deeply immersed in the Pan-African Rastafarian reggae movements, uh, where she would go and, and manage music icons such as Augustus Pablo, Rita Marley, and Judy Mowat. And additionally, um, she served as the managing director of the Bob Marley Foundation, which is pretty cool. Uh, she completed her law degree from the University of Florida. Um, and after that, she went on to lead the Center for Race Relations, um, Schools Love and College of Law. And recently, uh, we were just talking about this very briefly, she's been named on the advisory board uh, for Aperhelios Global, the leading vertically integrated cannabis company bringing the highest quality African cannabis products and information and, and other information around the world to, to us and everybody else that's looking for that. Um, so again, you know, uh, Dr. Desmagu, uh, known as Mama Desta, uh, we want to give you a nice warm welcome here on the Cannabis Connoisseur. Thank you so much for joining the show and, and being with us here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amaseganalu is what we say in Ethiopia. Amaseganalu. That means thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, really a joy. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and like I said, we're, we're so excited to have you on the show. And, and I know um, you have such a, a cool history and background. And I know I gave a very brief synopsis of that a second ago that definitely does not do it justice at all, I'm sure. Uh, so I was wondering if, if you can please just expand a bit, um, you know, on that background, your history, uh, you know, what eventually, you know, got you introduced into the cannabis world and, and how that all unfolded. That'd be great. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot. I'm going to be celebrating my 60th birthday on Sunday. Yay! Oh, um, <laughs> you know, however, I feel as if I, I have lived many, many lifetimes based on the various um, honors, privileges. My journey really did begin, um, as you as you stated, very early and in a very diverse way. You know, as an activist coming to this country and you know seeing racism, rampant racism coming from a Caribbean island, you know, where black folks pretty much run everything. 
um, and then reggae music as a platform of expressing ideas and um, social justice and so forth. So anyway, along the journey, I have had a lot of opportunities to be mentored by and um, groomed to um, be this activist that can use these um, music and entertainment and arts platform to bring awareness, raise awareness. Um, I've been talking a lot about soft power lately um, to not only promote cannabis, but educate because that's a big part of it. It's not just promoting, you know, but educating people as to what this precious plant is really all about. And so, you know, for me, it has been a lifelong journey and a natural one. I wouldn't call myself a cannabis activist per se, but because cannabis is a big part of my life and always has been, at least for the last, you know, 40 odd years, and I've seen what the benefits are, every opportunity I get to speak about it, whether on an economic level, social justice, artistic, um, woman, motherhood, healing, I take advantage of it. So I, I thank you all for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I, I just, I, uh, what you said there about education is just, I think it's the biggest piece because there's the whole reason, and we go over this every now and then. So if this is your first time listening to our show, uh, the whole reason, you know, I, I started this is because I had such a different outlook on cannabis growing up. And then I realized just very naturally how amazing of a planet is and how many different, like, ailments or not even ailments but like just different ways it can just benefit your life in general mm -hmm. and it just you know i didn't know any of that because i never had anybody to educate me and and you know that gave me the research on that and i never went out and looked for it myself because i didn't think it was worth it but yeah once i started that education i said why don't why don't more people know about this and that's why we did the started the show absolutely so i you're spot on with the education for sure absolutely and and you know one of the reasons that i even was very attracted to afrohelios because there are many companies out there as we know now in the space that are promoting or growing or dealing with a different aspects of the plant um they were really focused on ensuring that africa was a beneficiary and not the typical story as we know. This is where the land, the resources are, come in, scoop it, and then Africa does not benefit. So I was really impressed with their model um, from, you know, agriculture to the economy to the training. Um, every aspect of it included utilizing and identifying. Um, and I don't really like the word empowering because I think we're all have our own power, but I use it in the context of allowing opportunities for particularly young Africans in various spaces to be a part of the growth and development of this incredible, blessed plant, you know? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, and, and that, in, in the role you have in Upper Helios, it's creative director. Is that the position you have there and that is are you working with like their different services and like how, how does that work no actually i'm on the board of advisors and oh, okay. so one of the main reasons that i i think they were attracted to me and i likewise to them one yeah. part of it was the branding you know and second it's the position that i hold i am the diaspora africa forums liaison to the african union mm -hmm. the african union is the secretariat or represents all 55 nation states of africa 
Mm. So as a liaison, I have access to the entire continent in Addis Ababa, which is the diplomatic center of Africa. So essentially, I have the ability to lobby, agitate, educate all 55 nation states in Addis Ababa that are seated there. And it's really a perfect time right now because um, 54 out of the 55 countries have recently signed the African Free Continental Trade Agreement. So we're now the largest trading bloc in the world, moving people, goods, and services. And implementation has just began, so they're working out things like common currency and um, other modalities, but it's the perfect time. And imagine 55 countries, you know, that we can be moving cannabis to heal, to help, to strengthen the economy it is a game changer for the continent. So that's really, I think, one of the main reasons, um, you know, that we found Afrohelios and I found each other, um, you know, really good partners in terms of advisory. Yeah, I, I saw that that board, and it's a it's a it's definitely a, a group of uh, superstars there in the cannabis world. And um, I, I mean, I did not know that 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 just recently happened. I mean, that you're absolutely right. I mean, that's seeing kind of what. You know, we've seen this happen before where different, you know, sectors of the world kind of created these blocks of trade agreements that kind of opened things up. And with Africa, I mean, that's going to be huge. And and massive. And, and guess yeah. what, Ryan? The thing is that, remember, Africa as a continent now, mm-hmm. we don't have to go to IMF, World Bank, World Trade Organization mm-hmm. and jump through any of these Babylonian hoops in order to be able to move you know, whether it's the intellectual property and all the things that are related to cannabis um, and hemp for that matter, you know. So this is really powerful at a time when the continent, based on COVID, realized that we were on our own, okay. Hmm. (laughs) We were on our own, and thank God, again, because of the indigenous use of traditional herbs such as cannabis, Yes. We have been able to keep our numbers lower because remember the first, oh, you know, Africa's going to, everybody's going to just die within a month. And, and yet still our numbers have been the lowest worldwide. Right, right. So that's super interesting. Everyone was thinking that for sure. And, and really we're attributing, I mean, I myself view cannabis as like just a personal opinion, like very potent, like weapon against those cytos- those cytokine storms that happen, right? When, when COVID hits, um, is that what we're like, is that what we're saying? Like why Africa may be benefiting like, an, or not benefiting, but just in a better position, I should say, is because of the, the more widespread cannabis use or? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would certainly group cannabis within indigenous knowledge and use of traditional herbs towards the treatments Mm -hmm. of these, you know, these, these um, plagues and pandemics or plandemics, as we call them, you know, so it is about the use of indigenous herbs, which, which, which cannabis is one of them. And so within the framework of education, it's not separating cannabis out as this standalone plant, but grouping it with the plants that fall under indigenous traditional healing. And there's thousands of years of history there, right? I mean, Let's juxtapose it to what we're talking about with Madame Curie. We we we, are, we can do the numbers, right? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. That 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 makes sense. And and um, I I've noticed myself, and I've mentioned this on the past few shows. 
uh, when I integrate different herbs with cannabis, I just notice a more, like I say potent effect. And when I, when people hear potent, they just, they, I guess I just, it's very effective, right? It's much more effective of everything else that you're looking for really when you're utilizing, you know, cannabis or herbs in general. So when you mix them, they have that synergistic property that just works. <laughs> and so Absolutely. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And again, that's the key to indigenous knowledge and traditional herbs, you know, and healing. As Rastafari, and it's so ironic, you know, one of the, the, the questions that you'd asked about, you know, sort of my personal outlook on cannabis and, you know, within Rastafari, herb is called the healing of the nation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, you know, we call it ganja. Yes. You know, yeah. but we call it the healing of the nation. And Rastafari, who basically live an idle life, peaceful life, um, you know, because that's all part of it, right? What cannabis even does, it's it has this calming effect. It has this centering effect, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I went to law school, it was the most stressful time of my life. And and this is after I'd already given birth to 10 children, okay? <laughs> and, and yet still, it was the ability to calm my nerves, right. you know, through the process with cannabis. But bottom line is that I am quite um, saddened that in a time when, you know, cannabis is now being legalized and, and people are making millions and millions of dollars that the one set of people who popularized it and Peter Tosh even sang a song, legalize it now, we'll advertise it. We have been um, mimicked, if you will, for, you know, red, gold and green and a big spliff in our mouth and all that. But we have been completely sidelined right. from the process and the profits. Yes. And that to me is really, really a sad, disgraceful thing because, you know, I mean, there's space for everyone here. Right. Really a space for everyone here. And and then just to jump straight in to, you know, ACLU, they're still following up cases. In, for instance, the state of New Jersey, arrests have gone up by 30% mm. for black and brown people. Mm. for marijuana you know so we have a lot of work to do and i think the proponents who are making a lot of money need to ensure that there are those sort of corporate social responsibility initiatives that allow for diversity and inclusion within the sphere of 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 cannabis use particularly even where women are concerned right exactly and mama desta a quick question because i know you uh, alluded to like the whole rastafari and the um uh, that culture and that way of life. When I hear that, you think of more of like Jamaica and like a lot of the, you know, the, the Jamaicans in that area who are, who does practice the whole Rastafarianism. What about the other African uh, countries like Ghana, like Ethiopia? Are those, are the, is that way present in that? I think I'm, I'm asking more about the stigma surrounding some of those, uh, the African countries and the population there. Absolutely. And that's a wonderful question. Um, first of all, Ghana recently did legalize for okay. personal use um, ganja. And okay. I think they were looking at the economic model. In terms of the continent, it's divided into five sections, five economic blocks. And Ghana is part of the ECOWAS block, which is one of the wealthiest blocks on the continent, right? Where yes. the cocoa is and the palm oil and so forth. So they are really, they have a major plan how to further commodify that to strengthen 
that ECOWAS region. So they're looking at it from a mercantile standpoint, um, but the attitudes have not necessarily shifted um, towards the use and the plant itself, frankly speaking. But it's okay. If we're starting with mercantile, it's fine. You know, money makes the world go around, and if that's where we got to start, then are there, okay? Where Ethiopia is concerned, well, South Africa, let's talk about South Africa. Um, Dr. Tandeka, who's House of Hemp, she has been leading in the field for over 20 years. One of the, the largest growery, actually, on the continent is there. However, the stigma still exists. You know, they're yeah. just beginning to get into import and that sort of thing. So, again, it's the mercantile interest. Okay. Now, as we go to Ethiopia, um, there is a historic use, sacramental use, okay. within the Ethiopian Orthodox Church that the Bahatawi, their monks, mm-hmm. still use the, the cannabis today. And for that matter, even in the South, mm-hmm. in Sangoma and in various other rituals on the continent, it's used. But it's more sort of that sacramental um, I don't want to go as far as saying secretive, but it, it's used in that manner, right? It was also in Ethiopia a cash crop up until the 1940s. Interesting, yeah. But what shifted all of that was what? The politics and propaganda that came out of the United States with the Randolph Hearst and the whole, you know, oh my God, everything dying. And then the UN got on it and it got on Schedule A and yeah. boom. Here we are today. So although America has said to the world, um, well, kind of, sort of, let's, you know, we're kind of moving away from that. Um, And now everybody's following suit. You still have the mindset that they created or curated, I should say. So with all of that said, Ethiopia is slow to move on the legalization, much less even decriminalization and recognizing it beyond sort of turning a blind eye to it so those stigmas are still very very much there you know as um as a matter of fact the other day um you know if, if you're following the news you would know we are having um some internal some may even position it as civil war um, to some degree in Ethiopia right now with like a 1% of 5% of the population against the other 99%. Um, but we've never had issues like child soldiers. And, and that's what's happening in the north right now through the TPLF, which is the rebel terrorist force. Okay. And there was a comment news that they're using hashish to mm-hmm. convince the children to get the children to fight. So, again, we may know the word hashish mm-hmm. as related to ganja. They use it a little broader. It means everything, every kind of drug, if you will. Okay. But the connotation, you know, and even just the word hashish itself, mm-hmm. you know, being injected into a discourse on child warfare and so forth, it gives you an idea of how the perception is of mm-hmm. cannabis. Okay. So we have a lot of work to do. And I do believe, sadly, that the education will follow the economic benefits to the continent and and the opportunities that are there that can help us address some of what's called the Millennium Development Goals, be it healthcare, be it education, Mm -hmm. be it water, you know, agriculture, 
through the plant. Yeah, that's really interesting to know. So because yeah, I was curious about that. We know that it's been a stigma for so long here in our in the, in the United States. I was uh, I thought it I, for some reason I thought it would be less of a stigma in some of the African countries, but it sounds like sounds like it's about the same. It, it really is, and as I said, we do have the the spheres of ritual. Okay. You know, ritualistic settings, indigenous ritualistic settings, indigenous use of traditional herb where it's seen different. But right. And you know, you know the whole sort of oh, if you you know you got to be developed, you got to be like America, you you know. So so that's what shows that you're civilized. We speak less about those and more about acetaminophen and yeah. Tylenol and yeah. yeah yeah it's so true it's so true you know and yeah it, it seems like something that is going to take a lot of work you know to to change and I guess um I know that we're constantly like there, there's so much more work that needs to be done um always I think in the cannabis space especially like recently just have you like my opinion is that um, you know, I haven't been in this world as long, obviously, but it, it feels like things have been rapidly changing in at least a more positive direction than the United States. You've been in the game a lot longer, like watching these things happen and, un and unfold. What is your opinion? Are you, do you think this is like things are moving in a more positive direction in general, whether here or in Africa or, in, or you, do you think that we just have so much more like to, you know, so much more space we have to, you know, gain traction on here to, to get anywhere? I think the latter is really where I am Yeah. because I always was very concerned that when it's legalized, you're going to have the others who are going to come in, control the narrative, control the growing process, control the prices and so forth. And that's exactly what I'm seeing. Right. I'm old school. I remember lamb's bread and sensaminia <laughs> and you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's just really a good old bud that was, you know, a good five inches long. I mean, you know, and, and, and just beautiful with all these. Now it's like you get a little jar and it's called, you know, the super califragilistic espialidosis. <laughs> It's all these long names. Yeah, have you tried that yet? Or have you tried the? I'm like, oh my god! I'm just. And then it's so concentrated yeah. that you don't really like. Forget about building a spliff. Right. You know what I mean, like just building yeah. a spliff that you could just burn and just chill and just reason. That's not it. And it's also pricing people out. Who yeah. Can afford yeah. This? Who can really afford this? That needs it the most and i'm just not talking medicinally or nutritionally but just for the sake of your sanity to mm -hmm. go through when you think of all that we've been going through over the last year and a half nobody has been spared mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much money what station of life you are no one has been spared because the level of stress and fear has been so high who didn't need one draw as as rita, rita marley says yeah. But who can afford it? Well, my concern is the level or, or the lack of responsibility or concern for the mom who's got three children and now can't really afford to have that little, you know, that's her little me time, right? Yeah. You got to choose now between your sanity and the children are home from school, homeschooling. And you got to pay more for snacks or more for this. So I'm sort of concerned about the kitchen table issues that are surrounding it 
that big farm cannabis farmers are not seeing or concerned about. So no, I'm not sure that this is going in the right direction. If a whole sector of society are excluded, especially again, mothers being scooped up because their kid, you know, when she, she came out of the hospital, the baby tested with THC. So now the mother's going to be scooped and the baby's going to be taken away to foster care. Why aren't these millionaires, billionaires making so much money really getting into the transformation of these social political issues to ensure that this is democratized, right? Yeah. There is something for everyone. There are training facilities and startup kits from, for again, moms and, 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 and young people, college students or whatever that want to start with their one plant. You know, mm. this whole thing, I can't, you can't find a seed. Right. If you want a seed, you got to spend $10 for a seed and that's a halfway decent. What is that? You know, so, so I am very concerned. And as a naturalist within Rastafari, you know, the term even organic has changed so much, you know, because we're not growing in atmospheres that allow for the wind and the water and the bees to do their pollination, right? And their butterflies. Everything is contained and, and controlled. And, you know, there's benefits to that. I'm not saying we leave that alone, but. I am really concerned about the direction, Ryan. I, I mean, and, and even afraid to some degree. And that's one of the reasons I want to make sure that I work hard with Afrofelios that we don't follow that model. Because again, it's a situation where it's haves and have nots. And how can this be happening? But arrests for black and brown people are tripling. That ACLU is like working over time. Yeah. to address these issues how is that happening yeah it just always it just always um impresses me not in the greatest way that like like you can have that and then you have like just like you said a second ago these millionaires and billionaires profiting off it at the same time i mean it's just like i don't know how as a country we've you know as a world even we've gotten to that point i mean i i mean I, you can go back and see how but it's just it's crazy that we don't look at that situation and logically can just make it very black and white and say okay this is wrong <laughs> right like yeah. there's there's yeah. things that need to change you know and it's just crazy that like we can we have conversations with with people like yourself that you know are very entrenched and things like that and we have other conversations on the other side as well and it's completely opposite i mean it, you know we everyone's looking for the same thing but it's just it's amazing that that um that polarity exists i think in cannabis still in 2021 i mean it's it's ridiculous and as you said for cannabis yeah for cannabis for cannabis <laughs> this is a plant right it makes you mellow it's just it's beautiful to look at whether you use it you don't use it the aroma just everything about this plant but you know i've often equated the plant to a beautiful woman right it's yeah. this beautiful woman and everybody admires her and wants her but do they appreciate her you know do they value her mm -hmm. right or is she something to be commodified is yeah. she something that you either put on your arm as a trophy or you know so so i and again this is just my little mind working it out wondering why is it this plant that none of these companies have to give up their branding and what it is they don't have to give up any of that make money we want to see people succeed but isn't there some level of corporate consciousness especially like i said for me as a rastafari woman 
fighting the stereotype. I mean, I have a Juris Doctorate. I've served in academic fields. I, I present papers to heads of state. I write, you know, I've got all these big accolades, right? But the mm -hmm. first thing when I enter a room to present a paper, they want to ask me about a spliff or ganja or, mm -hmm. and I'm like, seriously? Almost, you know, and I mean, this is years ago, but I almost would sort of begin with it just to get the elephant out the room and focus on me seriously. This is the stereotype for Rastafari, but we're not benefiting even in jamaica do you know there's i think one rastafari owned farm and dispensary oh the rest are foreign owned wow. right owned. i did not know that in yeah. jamaica wow that's horrible jeez <laughs> it is. It is. so but this is why your platform is so important because it allows us to have serious discussions that yeah, we can talk about our favorite strain and how, whatever, but we can also talk about important social, scientific, and other issues as part of the educational process and the sensitization, because that's also different than promotion. It's sensitizing people to understand when a person is in pain, why they go to that. When a person who has served in the United States Army or any other army had come home and there's no way to relieve their PSTV, you know, why they need that. So it is about sensitization. Yes. Yeah, I, I always say, I think I say this now every every time we have a show at this point every week. <laughs> um, but I, I always say, like, my goal is is just to, like, honestly get this podcast to a point where it's like talking about the benefits of water. Where no everybody just knows that the benefit of water, what it is, and, like, why you have to take it, and, like, why you can use it and how you can use it. And, and really, cannabis, I, I feel like with our endocannabinoid system and how nicely it just integrates with everything else in our life, I mean, that should be the same exact thing and so I, I agree that the education is huge and getting it to a point where it's just common knowledge what cannabis can do as a plant is huge i, I like uh, that analogy to water <laughs> you good <laughs> you're welcome to use it <laughs> um, and i wanted to i wanted to ask you too because you talked about this a little bit and and you, when we got into the uh some of the naming of the the nomenclature of the strains there uh the you know the 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 ones with like the 10 or 15 syllables uh or consonants whatever it is um so how has your cannabis use like changed over time right so a lot of times you know or has it changed over time for a lot of people i think they get into cannabis and i know for myself it was very experience you know just experimenting and not really knowing and being really excited and, and and then eventually kind of like figuring it out and and how cannabis was optimizing my body in the best way for each moment of my life or day right yeah. um and it was just more of like i for me it felt like more of a maturity and i feel like i'm still learning all the time you know obviously again you, you've you've been around a lot longer with this stuff um just in all your experience and the people you've been around is there anything that you know similar experience for yourself or has it changed over time has it been the same just curious about that some things have changed and i was very resistant to edibles and things like that until i had this what they call the dry socket it's like giving birth out of your tooth pain kind of thing <laughs> it was so horrible it was so horrible exactly. um, my, my children who were you know raised around I used to give them the seeds the hemp seeds and so forth they're all adults um and so my daughter was like no mom you have to you cannot be suffering like this because I don't really do pharmaceuticals drugs or anything like that and so it really, it, I mean, immediately I found relief.
And, and the thing is that I had just had a tooth pulled, so I couldn't burn. I couldn't smoke, you know? Um, so it has been interesting trying to look at, you know, the use of edibles and how my body adjusts to it and so forth. But I am really old school. You know, there is something just so wonderful about being able to take a bud and break it down, the feeling on my fingers, because my body's absorbing it as well through my fingers, Mm. cleaning those seeds, rolling it up. It's it's ritualistic for me. Right, right. And it's calming. It's meditative. Just that process. You know, again, um, I can do that more in Africa than I can do here because we're still not into those big supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> you know, kind of brands. I mean, not the bomb like it used to be, but it'll, you know, it'll get you there. It'll get yeah, you there, yeah. you know. And so, but but for me again, the process because it is a sacred process, and and this plant, just like anything, even you know how people bless their food before they eat. That's what it is for me. So I do love that ability, the building of it, you know, and then the imbibing, the enjoying and, you know, so forth. So that is still my favorite way of receiving the blessings, you know, of, of, of ganja. Um, I am very interested, though, in all the derivatives that are coming out of it. It's just really incredible what we're doing. And so I should say that on the positive side, that that's one of the great things is all the research that's being done now. I remember when I did, I did a paper in my undergrad, first degree, my business is in business and management. And I did it on the uses of cannabis. This was 30 years ago. And oh my gosh, it was like, I don't know what yeah. ended. It was like, what are you doing? You know, and I and I refused to budge. It's like this is what my paper is on, you know. So so it is good to see the evolution and the growth. I just want to see more benefits flowing, you know. Yeah. And I want to see big institutions really also take it on to help heal because, as I said, as Rastafari, it's healing of the nation. We don't want to see children suffer and elders suffer and anyone suffer from any form of disease because of preconceived propaganda notions that were planted decades ago let's allow the plant to do what it's here to do to heal us and even bring us together because it can bring us together you know so so that's kind of where i stand on it and and your last point there i think is so interesting because I, i believe you know we just know how split of a country that we are at this point but one thing that everybody seems to kind of agree on is cannabis <laughs> so, <laughs> so i mean you're, you're just you're spot on that that like I, it can bring us together but not even just in like a political way but i think you know when you, everyone here knows when when you utilize cannabis the first thing that happens is your ego kind of like softens a bit right yeah. and like you let your guard down and like you just are okay with like conversation and you're more comfortable with you have better conversations with people and like that's everything we need right now and so yeah, yeah. i think that's it's like spot on like how it can bring the country together i i think you're absolutely right about yeah. that they just need to get it off that schedule a so then oh. it can really be an issue not state to state 
but from a federal level because that just makes no sense no to no. me especially with the farm bill i mean how are you allowing the farm bill with everybody allowing to like you know you got these hemp trucks with flowers driving around the country now it's like you know and yeah. search it you know that's yeah yeah, yeah. No sense. Mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the push. The push is to get it federally, obviously, legalized on a federal level. And that will open up a lot more doorways, you know, for everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as, as we said, there's so many derivatives, so many things things that this one plant can do. And you spoke about water and I thought to myself, mm, they've politicized and polluted that too. <laughs> so we, we still got to educate them on that, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. likewise with this, I think, you know, platforms like this have to do a lot to also protect the planet. Right. Much right. like the woman, al although we can defend ourselves, but the protection, you know, really, really needs to be there by the policymakers, by the big, you know, the big ones that are controlling the money behind this and so forth, protecting the integrity of the plant and the properties of the plant. Right. So we don't go and take it to the other extreme and really end up doing more harm. And then others will say, I told you so. You see, I told you that it was a bop, 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 you know? Right, right. Those uh, reefer madness groupies hanging out in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. They're always there. They're always there, unfortunately. But that, that was that was an entertaining show at the very least. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, Isla, do you have any more questions? I, I know you had a few. I don't know if that's Yeah. Well, I, do, I was going to allude to you referenced the plant being as it, you see it as a woman, as a beautiful woman. And I like that. I like that idea now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but one of the things that I am true to is getting more women to open up to utilizing it. I was just curious on, I know you're, I don't want to label you as a feminist, but you're I'm not at all. I'm not at all. <laughs> when we was, we was free, baby. That's, that's the European story. We, we have Queens. We, <laughs> we want to free our sisters in Europe now, but we, uh, we didn't need that. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. But how do we open more of the doorways to, for women to be more open to it? Because I think, uh, in my opinion, it'll sort of like um, speed things up with, you know, um, this plant being, you know, open, legalized. If w more women would be open to, um, to lessening the stigma or crushing the stigma, um, I think we would go a long way. Because we know when women vote, when we vote, you know, our voices are heard when we really, you know, get involved and, and, and we, we really change things and, and move things along and get, you know, and, and progress things further. Um, I'm just wondering, I know, you know, in, in your work, um, how are you doing that as far as getting more women to be more open to the benefits of the plant? Like, because we know it's good for so many things, you know, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, just just for everything, parenting, all of those things. Um, you know, if you, if you can, uh, you know, address that. No, really, really great, great, great questions. Yeah. Um, it's letting points made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, we have a saying in Jamaica, one, one cocoa full basket. Okay. You know, so it's basically the notion that one at a time. Well, wherever I go, whatever opportunity I have, when I meet with a, a, a sister, be she an elder, my contemporary or younger, I raise the issue, I educate and I share. Because okay. women of all ages, all walks of life have 
a lot in common that we're dealing with, you know? And so that's that's been my approach. Afrohelios is actually expanding that where we can speak to more on a wider scale. But for my personal responsibility, it is that one-on-one -on -one, um, relationship. The other thing is that I use myself as an example, okay? I've got a doctorate. I've given birth to 10 children. Yeah. They're all normal. They're all you know, active, educated, good, you know, contributors to society in, 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 in different things that they're doing, um, you know, successful. They, I mean, so I really use myself, put myself out there as the model, if you will, that no, it won't send you crazy. And no, this won't happen and that won't happen. And when they ask, like, how did you raise 10 children? A spliff a day. How did you do that? <laughs> How did you, how did you, you know, you know I mean, so it, it, it really is about telling your story, sharing yeah. your personal story and not just, well, you know, statistics say and research has shown that blah, 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 blah. I mean, th that can, that's a secondary or tertiary form of information, but sharing your personal story that endears a sense of trust mm -hmm. and it at least opens up the conversation because once there is trust, then you can enter, mm -hmm. right? But if there is no trust, arms are crossed, minds are, are, are shutting you down. So it is personal and it is intimate, but it's absolutely important. It's really crucial. I'm also finding that you have to speak to people where they are. So if it's a businesswoman, who is into startups yeah. and social entrepreneurism, I approach it from that standpoint. Okay. You know, okay. if it's a medical practitioner, I approach it from that point. Right. You know, okay. if it's a mom who's having difficulty lactating or a mother-to-be who's having horrible morning sickness and mm -hmm. unable to eat or sleep, right. I approach it from that level. Okay. You know, so, yeah. so that's really been my... Um, I guess the gift of sort of being all over the map. I mean, you read my bio. It's all yeah. over the map. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so again, I, I do just try to use myself as an instrument, okay. um, you know, to be able to touch and teach and share and be open for honest questions as, as well. Because many times, you know, we think of education as unilateral, but it really is bilateral, sure. right? You know, to hear other voices and hear other experiences that can help inform you, even though it's 40 odd years or whatever, you know, you're still learning. You have to keep yourself open, as you were saying before, Ryan, knowing your body and changes in your body and, and what you want and what you don't want and what works well and what doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the, the issue of us voting and being active will be a um, subsequent effect Right. of these discussions and and this sharing of information and sort of tea circles <laughs> um, where we can come together. But it's very important. I think the women will have, and this is why also in a lot of the podcasts and writings that I do, I do, you know, use the analogy of the plant with the woman because it makes you think of it differently. It's like, hmm. Right. Well, we think of historically, particularly in the Western sense, how women are treated. Mm -hmm. Now, again, on the continent, I'm evoking that. Remember who we were before. Right. right? Women were queens. We ran empires. Yes. So, again, the notion of feminism was not something that we needed. We had equality. It was established. 
Right. What came in after Western civilization and colonization were these notions of, you know, inequality and, and, and so forth. So it's about the restoration in terms of the continent and how we place the woman. But in the, con in, in the context of the Western world, it's about evoking this sense of, you know, I'm going to tell you who I am, even if you don't see me, right? Much like Black Lives Matter, I'm going to tell you I yeah. matter. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and so this is where we want to position cannabis. It matters. Right. He matters. And it's funny, of course, you know, because you want to separate the male from the female plant. So there's that whole scientific part of it <laughs> as, as well. But um, I think women will play a major, major role in the transformation of how cannabis is grown, um, how it is distributed, um, the opportunities that come from it. And subsequently, the social justice issues, because not one woman should have her child taken away from her because she smoked a joint because she was so stressed out. You know, I mean, postpartum is real. We've seen women do horrible things to their children in the state of postpartum, serious psychological, you know, um, um, impact. Right. So I'm so glad you asked that question, Isla. Really, really important. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. No, thank you. It's very impressive. And yeah, everything you're saying is it's spot on. I really appreciate the work that you do. I'm thinking of what we just ended, uh, what we just spoke about. And um, like, it just, I'm thinking of my wife and the two kids that, you know, she had like kind of back to back. And like, I'm just thinking of what cannabis could have done right and like the, the but the the hesitation is there because you know the studies aren't there and whatnot and like you know anecdotally isn't enough and and i and i understand all that um but i just really hope we get to a point where like we can study those things and we can actually get to a point and say hey mom go ahead you know <laughs> like yeah, this will make you feel better and like and and by doing that like everything is the entire environment is better like she feels better if she feels better the house is better you know all that stuff it, it happens yeah, yeah. to every single household and so it i think it's a huge huge point that I don't experience directly, obviously, as a man, but I, you know, that's why I'm smiling, but I, I definitely appreciate for sure, I think, to some extent. So I want to, I want to say, make that point for sure. We just need, like you said, Mama does some more of these conversations right. happen. So, so like with, with people that you trust, right? And, and, you know, they're not going to probably read anything on the news and, you know, jump on it. But if, if people that you know and trust and love and love you are going to come to you and talk to you about these things and be honest with you, like you, you got to, I would imagine that would be influential in, in your decision in trying cannabis and, you know, really to help you improve your life. So it's, Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah. you said something, you know, that was so important in terms of trust. We have trusted a medical system, a pharmaceutical mm -hmm. system yes. that has poisoned an entire generation with opiates that the addiction level is so high mm -hmm. and we're not talking about a drug addict on a street that they, we're talking about hard-working folks who for whatever reason started on that prescription for pain management and are now addicted right mm -hmm. we yeah. trusted doctors right mm -hmm. we trusted people that went to medical school we trusted an institution we trusted them so we just have to even repackage and rethink Mm -hmm. what we're saying when we say trust mm. blind trust you know and and, and and trusting ourselves and our brothers and our sisters that said look i'm telling you what happened babe boo let me talk yeah. to you let me tell you yeah. what i did just one lick of draw and mm. just 
it's 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 really like trusting anecdotal like experiences over scientific ones right like i mean that you have to in it for a lot of people i especially like what you were just talking about i think that's a big leap to make uh especially for the baby boomer generation who only listens to like what doctors say very strictly and and be, that's why we're you know we ended up where we're at as a country um yeah i, I think the that piece is is enormous you know with with making sure that we're, we're paying attention into the anecdotal evidence of people that we trust that have tried it, right? And and can and this is you know again, if you're listening for the first time on the show, I mean for myself, I've come off five or six different medications, I lost fifty or sixty pounds, right? When when I started utilizing cannabis, and and so that's where myself, I I just had got, I had the belief that cannabis worked and once i had that belief i'm also you know in sales for a living and so i just started <laughs> talking to people right and 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 that's all you need to sell something is belief and, and people trust you and and yeah, and that's yeah. it you know and and so i you know that that's really why you know like i i've seen it myself but you know i, I take as much scientific evidence as i can research that i can find yeah, we have yeah. a few of those right yeah. um and that you know i've put them on the show and we talk about those topics but yeah it's it's I think everything you're saying is so spot on because not that the medical community is, is evil in any way, but, but um, I, I will say that there has been, I think, a disservice to a lot of people for not listening to themselves and their friends and only listening to what their doctor said, who may say, hey, take a Xanax instead of CBD, right? I, I think it's a big mistake. <laughs> so personally, you know, so yeah. that's, that's my I, I, Yeah, and I'm glad you made that point because, again, we're not throwing, as we would say in Jamaica, we're not throwing the baby out with the bath water in mm. terms of the entire medical profession or whatever, but we are saying just look at where we are look at where we are okay it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out where we are and that something went wrong so let's just be honest step back we all make mistakes for whatever reason or even bad choices you know let's just step back and and change our choices now let's open up and look at the research, provide funding for research, provide funding for research and development that we can have a healthy society. Because like I said, Rastafari, we stand by it. Ganja is the healing of the nation. So I... Well, these are all really great messages. Uh, Isla, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Real quick? Uh, how is it in, in, some, in like Ethiopia and some of the other African countries, any progress that you've seen on that end? I know here... Um, I personally follow like the last prisoner project, uh, the CBD project. I think they have the green project. Some of those um, organizations that are looking to, you know, open up the doorways to sort of right the wrong that's, that was done, you know, through the stigmatizing uh, the uh, cannabis plant. Uh -huh. um, is that is, is that evident in um, the countries, in the African countries that you're um, advocating in? You know, where the continent is concerned okay. especially ethiopia where, right. where i'm based and even ghana you know police don't really arrest people like that for for ganja use you know you may get a little harassment that yeah. kind of thing and and people are mostly smoking in their home and if it's a you know a concert but before covid like in a space space like that but there is not necessarily um, widespread arrest and court okay. system clogged with, you know, that doesn't really exist. No, mm -hmm. we do see that more in the South, in South Africa, yeah. in Namibia, we've got several prominent cases ongoing with that. 
and again one or two other cases but it's typically because again it's been seriously public more a political stance to help push the legalization so it's almost kind of like a rosa parks give up the seat on the bus kind of and create a you know thing around it um but for the most part our clock our courts are not clogged up um the, the the downside to that though is again that it's not really being addressed you know because it's not seen as a big enough issue that kind of thing and the other downside to it is that the farmers tend not to be they're, they're doing it as cash crop mm. you know so it's not again the love for the plant so the so the type of plants that are being cultivated are you know kind of a c grade it's not what it could be based on the climate that we have and the soil and and all the attributes that we have to really grow incredible plants again we are still you know probably a good 20 years behind you know where this is all concerned but afrohelios mm -hmm. is making it move a lot faster through their work and the pan-african approach awesome i just want to say mama Dessa, i know that we're coming right up on time and we didn't want to hold you too long um and so i, I wanted to i did want to ask uh one more closing question uh it's a little bit more of a historical cultural one um not activist related um i'm just curious and maybe there is no answer to this uh is there you know you talked about um you know having spliffs you know as a mother and whatnot and, and i'm sure even before when you were working with a lot of those music icons back in the day is there a specific strain i'm going to guess it's not super califragilistic <laughs> but is there a specific strain possibly that that like that you would typically gravitate to and i'm just just straight curious what that would be if so Again, you know, we had that lamb's bread. Lamb's bread, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I figured that was probably it. I figured I was going to guess that I wish I would have, but yeah. Yeah, that lamb's bread, the uh, Santa Amelia, that was the, we sang songs about it. We, you know, that it, it was really, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, interestingly, Augustus Pablo, um, he had in his rider that his hotel room had to have a window and it was because he used a chalice you know i mean he would bubble his chalice i remember one night we were on tour we had just arrived in california got to the hotel i think it was a marriott and it was maybe on the seventh floor eighth floor there were no windows that opened it was like two three o'clock in the morning we had to get everybody back out of their rooms back on the bus and i had to find a hotel room with windows that opened so that he could <laughs> his chalice. I mean, these are the requirements for a good performance, right? Hey, I mean, <laughs> listen, real talk. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I miss it. I really do miss that experience because it really was so communal. Yeah. You know, it really was communal. Now we sit with these little jars and it's just wow it, it, yeah yeah you know it's it's different and I, i'll say like i just when you talk about communal i mean just during covid i mean i don't remember the last time i've had a communal session right and so i, exactly. I that, right like in that respect so um for sure but it's uh yeah no i i definitely appreciate that 
And, well, and it does make you appreciate the whole plant when you're yeah, going through absolutely. that process, right? Yeah. Exactly. That, exactly. That's, that's it. Like the whole woman, her mind, her beautiful yeah. smile, her dimples, her everything, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mama, that's that. Do you, so do you uh, reference it as ga cannabis, ganja, cash, hashish, or, or all those ganja. terms used? Ganja. Ganja, right? Okay. Ganja, ganja, ganja. Okay. That is like, and the word just even has a certain flow and and, and, and and you know feel to it as well, you know. Because again, with Rastafari, we say word sound is power. Right. You know? So. It, and ganja it, means healing. Is that in essence? Well, is that ganja is marijuana or cannabis. Oh. Okay. But oh. we say it's you know healing of the nation. Right. Okay. Healing of the nation. Yeah. So we really, you know, let's let's hope and pray that when this whole COVID thing has passed, that it really brings us to a point where we appreciate more what this plant is. And I know it has helped a lot of people who weren't necessarily using and didn't see the plant before COVID, who are now using it and understanding, you know, the properties on many levels. Again, nutritional sacrament medicinal and otherwise so let's hope that this will sensitize people when we come out of this that um we can really see some changes especially it being changed getting off that schedule a yes yes absolutely and so uh again mama Dust, i just i, I want to thank you you know for coming on i, I know we're running short on time uh, i, I want to give you also just um a second to just let people know where they can maybe get more information where you would like them headed uh maybe you have a website or social media that that they can follow and kind of learn a little bit more about what you do sure absolutely well where Afrohelios is concerned, we invite you to come to the website, afrohelios.com, A-P-H-R-I-H-E-L-I-O-S.com, afrohelios.com. To contact me directly, it's made by Africans at yahoo.com, um, M-A-D-E-B-Y. A-F-R-I-C-A-N-S at yahoo.com. Some spell Africans with a K, but yeah, it's with a C. So you can feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook at Desta Magoo, M-E-G-H-O-O, -O, you know. So please, just sharing is caring, you know. And the more we share where cannabis is concerned, where ganja is concerned, we will have a happier, healthier world you know even the way the plant grows it doesn't do that great degradation of the soil to be able to grow the plant for all its derivatives so it's nothing but win-win whichever aspect of the plant that you decide is best for you there is something for everyone just like ryan said like water Absolutely. <laughs> you know so I'm, I'm really thankful and, and and happy for the opportunity to share my experience and what we're doing with it. And we welcome you all to come to Africa anytime. Yes. <laughs> I would absolutely, I would absolutely love that. That is a bucket list uh, destination of mine for sure. And and I'm sure at some point it'll just be easy to zip over there. We'll have some kind of plane that will like 5,000 miles an hour and it'll get over. It's, uh, and I can't wait for that. Cause I would well, love it. Well, it feels like 5,000. It feels like five minutes. If you get yourself a nice, 
bottle of ganja wine <laughs> and watch a couple of movies and you're there before you know it. <laughs> Even if it's two hours, it feels like five minutes. You're right. That's well, yeah, Mama Dust, yeah. I, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing this history and this background, these insights, um, just, you know, everything about what you're doing. We really appreciate it again. And, and definitely we'll put all of this in the notes. Um, so we can go ahead and all of you out there can go ahead and, and head to these different places and take a look yourselves and reach out and, and communicate as well, if you'd like. Um, and as far as us on the Cannabis Connoisseur, we want to thank you guys again, as always, uh, for joining us on the show. Isla, thank you for joining me today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you both. Really, really appreciate you guys joining the show today. And for all of you out there, uh, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, at the Cannabis C. You can go to thecannabisc.com. Or you can even go to uh, thecannabisc at gmail.com and you can send us any type of commentary, questions, comments, whatever you guys would like to talk about. We are there reading those uh, th those comments all the time. So other than that, I want to thank you all for joining. Thanks for, for coming on to the show again. And we will see you guys next week. Stay safe and stay well. Connoisseurs, this is Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast, and having a healthy gut is imperative for healthy living. Stomach issues, mental health concerns, cardiovascular health, your immune system, weight gain and weight loss, etc. can all lead to an unhealthy gut. If you've had digestive issues or discomforts in the past, and I believe we all have, probiotics are often seen as a huge solution to this problem. Fortunately for our listeners, ProChem Probiotics is offering all of us 20% off when we head to the website and check out. I've been fortunate that the ProTrend team has sent me a sample box to review, and guys, I'm telling you, this is no joke. Natasha Chernev, coined the mother of probiotics, provides generations of experience to create a superior product. 
The box, when it's shipped to you, comes in refrigerated packaging since you're working with live bacteria. And it's shipped via express mail right to your doorstep. It's a great delivery experience all around. The best part, though, all of ProTrend's probiotics use probiotic super strains and protective delivery systems to unlock probiotic potential. And within days of receiving ProTrend's products, I was feeling lighter and with a noticeable amount of increased energy as well. So guys, if you're looking for an effective probiotic to try, these supplements are no joke. They are the real deal, effective, and it will be money well spent. Head to ProTrend. However, it's not just their probiotics. ProTrend has also taken their high-quality production process into the cannabis world as well, where you can find either daytime or nighttime CBD options. But whatever you guys decide to indulge in, just take advantage of that discount. Make sure that when you head over to the ProTrend website and finalize your order, you type in the code JACK20 for 20% off of the entire order. Again, that's JACK20 for 20% off your order. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Enjoy the product, and most importantly, enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humiston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.